1: Welcome to the Real Birth Podcast, the show where real parents share real birth stories and get really honest about how it went. You might be a first time expectant parent, or on your eighth baby. Perhaps you're a birth worker, or maybe you just love learning about birth. Whoever you are, you are welcome here. This podcast aims to educate and empower listeners through the real stories of mums and dads. I'm Lucy Hill. I'm a doula, a mum of a toddler, and a complete birth nerd. Join me as I invite all kinds of parents to share their stories of pregnancy, birth and beyond. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This series is sponsored by our friends at Bridge House Pilates. If you're pregnant, planning to conceive or have recently had a baby, then you need to know about Megan and her incredible courses. In fact, as part of our partnership... Bridge House Pilates is offering an exclusive 20% discount off their online, on-demand postnatal pilates course. The programme can be fit around your busy life as a new parent and is the ideal way to gently restore your core fitness and take a bit of time for both your mind and body. Find out more by visiting my social media. I'm at Real Birth Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and you'll find all the links you need to take part in this exclusive discount. Hello and welcome to The Real Birth Podcast. This week my guest is Catherine, who shares her two birth stories. Catherine was induced with her first baby after she had several episodes of reduced movement. Although she actually required very little intervention in the end, Catherine's experience did leave her struggling physically and mentally. The birth of her second son took place at home, which was an incredible fast labour and a physiological third stage, which means her placenta was left completely alone and came away naturally in its own time. Catherine shares her experience of having breastfeeding struggles, talks about how she coped with her mental health issues after both her babies were born, and she also details a miscarriage that she had between her two living children. I will mention now that Catherine does go into details when it comes to this pregnancy loss and the surgery she required, just in case you would like prior warning of this. It was a real pleasure to hear about Catherine's births and her sheer determination to have as hands-off an experience as possible. I know this will resonate with so many of you listening today. Here she is to tell her story. Well, welcome to the podcast, Catherine. It's really lovely to have you as my guest here today. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's lovely to hear that you um, just found me through searches when you were pregnant yourself. Before we actually start with your birth story, which I imagine wasn't too long ago if you found me um, during your pregnancy, I would love to know just a little bit about you and your family, you know, who you're with and yeah, just a little bit about you.
0: So I live with my partner, Lewis, and we've got a little boy called Oscar. He is almost two and a half now and we've also got Elliot who is four and a half months. Oh
1: lovely. How did the journey towards becoming pregnant go for you and was that something that you and your partner had planned? How did that all go? So it it was
0: planned but I had I don't know I had this doubt in my mind that it just wouldn't happen. So from the, the the day we started trying, I had an event in the calendar for in six months time to get private fertility testing done. Okay. And it actually happened before I got my first period back after coming off the pill.
1: Wow. And so it was a matter of week. If you don't mind me asking, um, what was the reasoning behind you thinking you might need to look into some fertility testing?
0: I, I honestly, I don't know. I just thought, Mm. it was just a feeling that turned out to be completely wrong
1: yeah there are so many people that you know we all know who who struggle and you kind of think is it better to just get ahead of myself on this and see if I'm all good you know rather than worrying? yeah so yeah I think that I think that's probably quite sensible actually but amazing so you you kind of just came off the pill and it happened really quickly
0: yeah so I came off the pill a couple of days later I had the you know the the breakthrough bleed and then I never never got a period
1: amazing so how did you find out that you were pregnant did you just have a feeling if you what, <laughs> what happened well I was having I had a lot of
0: cramps and I said to someone at work oh no it's, it's not it's not going to happen that's why it's mm. I've got period pain and she said, mm, that happened with me it might not be period pains it might be you know implanting and I'd ordered cheaper first response tests online and then when I got home from work it was there on the on the doorsteps I thought wow well, I'll give it a go boom really quickly those lines were there I was on my own when I did it and Lewis always says I, I took that moment from him hmm. <laughs> fighting out but our mortgage sort of approval papers had also come through the post <laughs>
1: wow so that's a that's a hefty parcel here. isn't it <laughs> yeah
0: I put the pregnancy test under
1: the mortgage papers <laughs> poor guy oh wow yeah that's a big day yeah got got a mortgage and a baby you probably thought oh well it's not going to happen I'll just do it and whatever and then when it was positive you're oh my god
0: yeah I just left the test there underneath all these papers okay so once you've got through the boring bit how 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 far away are you how long is it going to take you to get home and he went normal time I'll be on about seven I said can you get him a bit earlier it's like yeah okay and his response when he saw the test was just,
1: cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> How was your first um, trimester and did you have kind of any of the typical symptoms? Was it was it an easy time or did you find it really difficult?
0: I was really nauseous, but I was never sick.
1: Okay. Um, and I've got, um,
0: it's called emetophobia. So it's a phobia of being sick.
1: Oh gosh, that, that must have been hard.
0: Yeah. It was constantly that fear that I was going to be sick that was the worst. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting some medication for that. That worked really well. Oh, good. But aside from that, I mean, I pretty much sailed through yeah. pregnancy. Really straightforward, easy going.
1: And were you dealing yeah. with a team of midwives or what was your yeah, plan? Yeah, we, in I live, we have an amazing
0: team of midwives. So because I'm on the Essex-Cambridgeshire border, you go to hospital to have your baby you go to the one in cambridgeshire and your community midwives are from a different trust at a different hospital
1: oh.
0: so it's completely different team but the community midwives here are also the home birth team okay so i i had decided that i wanted a home birth with oscar yeah. which didn't end up happening hmm. but
1: you know there were nothing but supportive. Yeah so what so yeah that was going to be my next question throughout your pregnancy and towards the end what were the plans that you had made in your sort of ideal situation for your birth and what kind of things went into those decisions? We did an online hypnobirthing course
0: I think out of that I decided that I didn't want any interventions I wanted to home birth we hired a pool so that was all ready to go but I had
1: I'm getting confused. An anterior placenta? Is that the right one? Yeah. So, an anterior placenta is where it's right at the front of your uterus. Um, mm-hmm. So, is that, is that where yours was?
0: Yeah. So, it was really difficult for me to feel movement. Yes. And the midwives always said, you know, at the end, it, you won't really notice, you won't really notice there's a, an issue, even though it wasn't a problem. But I always struggled to feel movement. And that's how I ended up with an induction. Okay, hospital. because I, I went in about five episodes. Mm.
1: I know that the more times you go in for reduced movements, the more they kind of carefully are just keeping an eye that everything's well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is that what happened with you? It kind of people were keeping an eye on your movements, and then was there was there a point towards towards your kind of full term? time where you kind of thought, right, I'm really not sure anymore whether I can feel baby.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it ended up being sort of every every week in the end. And I would, you know, lay on my side, I would mm. have some cold drinks, have some sugar. And I just I got to the end and I was so stressed.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's so frightening as well. And, and you just worry about it, yeah. don't you, all the time.
0: That's it, yeah. So in in the end, you know, I I'd resisted on all five of these appointments and induction. And so they, they booked me in and I went in after I'd been you know, up all night crying and whatnot. Cause I, just, I didn't want to do it. And cause it was COVID they just announced the lockdown. Cause I mm. had him end of May. Okay. So I think a couple of months before it was when all that, all that kicked off. I pulled up outside the hospital and my community midwife phoned me back. So I'd left a message saying can phone me? And she got there just as I um I pulled up and I spoke to her and she said, you know, five episodes is a, a lot. I know you mm. don't want to be induced and you don't want to be in hospital. But you know you really need to to think about it. And she said you're you're so stressed. The chances of you going into labour anytime soon on your own are, mm. you know, quite slim. And at what gestation were you at that point when you turned up for I, When I turned up I was 39 four okay but I mean he was he was measuring fine he was on track there was never any signs that something was wrong with him.
1: so when you got to hospital for your induction you I imagine that's really heightened emotions given it wasn't something you really wanted to do yeah. what was the situation with your partner then was he not allowed in with you
0: he was allowed to walk me to the door of the ward and that was it this is the
1: this is the thing that really makes me really upset when I hear things like this because induction is so intense and most of the time it's people who probably didn't really want that to happen anyway but they're doing it for a good you know for what they believe is the right reasons and then to just be like abandoned basically no at a time when it's awful yeah and and it's not even like there's a dedicated midwife per per person either because no, You're and they all got the so you, you couldn't
0: really, you couldn't see them, or you couldn't recognize them anyway.
1: So, were you able to keep in touch with him with your phone? Was yeah, that what you did? in. And when yeah. when he
0: dropped me off, he he stayed sort of outside the the ward door, and it had the little window in, and I was at the reception desk, and I could see him, and I was just sobbing, you were. absolutely sobbing at that reception desk. And really, I think he should he should have just gone straight away because that just looking at him there and having to leave him was just heartbreaking. Yeah. It just felt so unnatural knowing that I was going in to have a baby. There was none of that spontaneity. And I think that really adds to the fear of
1: giving
0: birth for the first time
1: when you got in I imagine did he go and wait in the car like kind of or did he go home were you close enough he went home. yeah, yeah. He went home you do not know how long it's going to take as well what were the induction options that were presented to you or was it kind of this is what we think is going to be the best for you or how did, yeah how did that they, go
0: they said because it's my first baby they would do the pessary okay to um sort of start opening your cervix is not it mm. Starts it sort of causes some irritation I found it quite uncomfortable and I (laughs) tried to get me to wear these stockings you know for the blood clots
1: yeah so compression stockings
0: yeah I was no this is is not happening I'm I want to be comfy I want to be my own clothes so I I politely declined that yeah and so they put put the pessary in and asked for you know bounce ball sit Mm -hmm. on went for some walks, and I I ended up having a fairly easy going induction. I didn't have any further interventions
1: after that. I that's really didn't. incredible. And was it just the one pessary you had? Yeah, just the Fantastic. one. Fantastic. Did you, um, out of interest, were they monitoring your baby's heart, heart rate or yeah. movements during this? Because I imagine that's something you wanted given the reason you were there. Yeah. So
0: I had sort
1: of intermittent monitoring because I wanted
0: to be up and about. So they sort of requested that I be back on the ward because you were allowed outside still, mm-hmm. the patient. And I would just come back in, and they would you know strap it all on, and for half an hour they'd take my straps and ask mm-hmm. how my movements were. They still, they still weren't great. Um, and yeah, we just we just did it that way. And then twelve hours after they put the pressure and I got my first contraction.
1: You were kind of left for for the twelve hours to for things to happen, and then it just kind of went, oh, here we go. Yeah.
0: And I thought I was being really dramatic because <sighs> um, there were these you know around me having some twinges and I'm pacing up and down the corridor just like squatting for everyone to see
1: but yeah it turned out it was just gonna be very quick labor. (laughs) Wow okay so when that first contraction happened were you had you had any checks before that in terms of checking whether there was any progression of your cervix?
0: No well they weren't they weren't really very interested to be honest and I had to ask when I really can take him I was like no I need I need some more pain relief they said all right well one of the midwives will come and check in a minute and so he came over it was a male midwife with very wide fingers and oh I wasn't expecting that and then he he got the other midwife to check as well so I had internal examinations twice which was unnecessary
1: yeah <laughs> I'm
0: like "Wow, oh, you're you're sort of five centimeters stretchy your waters are bulging we need to move you over to the labor ward now because um, it obviously had to be labelled because they wanted to monitor the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the midwife used my phone to call Lewis to get him to come in. So yeah, I was just completely shocked by how strong these contractions were from the very beginning. Honestly, they were so strong. I just, I was floored. I wasn't expecting it at all. And then they, they gave me the gas and air. Um, got me a wheelchair and they said do you, do you want to put your trousers back on? No no I don't want to put my trousers back on <laughs> and they they wheeled me over there No, I want okay. an epidural and I want all that gas and air and I was passed over to other midwives and then I had to be constantly monitored while up until I had an epidural that I didn't get because they said okay. they had to do that before the nieces came in
1: they wanted to show him heart rates and everything was fine and was your partner with you at this point had he managed to to... no so lewis got
0: there 15 minutes before he was born crikey yeah
1: and um
0: i was on my on my knees on a pillow on the floor holding onto the bed because i was determined that i did not want to be on my back because i'd I'd done all the courses i knew that that was not the optimal position I want it to be upright, forward, over. Mm. And it got to the point. I, mean, I said, can I, can I just examine you? And I said, No, the head's there. I, I need to push. He said, Well, can I just examine you first, just to check that you don't do any damage? And I'm thinking, I know when there's a human head in my vagina. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: and like, happen. so you don't do it, like, so you don't do it wrong. Like, you're, yeah. you're doing it. No, no like the
0: way it's coming out right now.
1: And no, uh, we don't have a choice here.
0: yeah that's exactly it and in the end she said well can I just have a look I said all right so I somehow managed to get onto the bed she had a look and went oh yeah there's a baby there yeah like I told you (laughs) lo and behold how did I end up on my back on the hospital bed
1: oh that's so frustrating and it's like that is obviously not what felt right for you I don't understand why we can't just have it as a completely normal thing where examinations, if they're necessary, are given in whatever position the woman is in. Yeah. Like, why couldn't she have she just checked you on thing. your knees?
0: I mean, to be fair, if she'd have, while I was on my knees, she could have felt that he had hair Yeah, at that point. Okay. It went, it went from sort of contraction, 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 and then it was over juff. his head was just there. I felt
1: the drop wow
0: yeah so that was you was three hours and 45 minutes in total in the first contraction
1: wow that is really amazing I mean especially for an induction you must have been expecting to be there for the long haul you know because people kind yeah. of say don't they just don't expect it to be super quick with an induction it might take a bit of time so is
0: yeah. that how you
1: felt like you were geared up for being there for a while oh, yeah and I was geared up for a
0: lot of resistance because I I went into it thinking I don't want them to artificially break my waters. I don't want any syntocin. I don't want people fussing around me. And I actually took the pessary out when I got my first contraction because mm-hmm. um, I said this is so uncomfortable. I want I just want I just want it out now. And I'd I'd said to them before we started. I want to go home. I don't want to do this anymore. And a doctor suddenly appeared. And said well. If you go home, it will go down as a failed induction. And you know, he said, You'll be high risk. He said, You won't be able to have a home birth. They won't do it, which I later found out was a lie
1: because
0: mm. they can't refuse a home birth. And the team here are so good. I could have just gone home, phoned them up, and said, I've changed my mind.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but because there was always that doubt about his movements, mm. that feeling of I wouldn't have been able to, to live with myself, you know, if something yeah. had gone wrong. stayed
1: well it sounds like the fact that you stayed you know he was in a bit of a hurry to come you know like had you left who's who's to say whether you know you when you got home what would have happened and who who could have got there in time yeah we just don't know do you never know but it must have been really frustrating to have been on your back when you didn't want to be but was it given that it was quite quick and he just came, was it quite an amazing kind of feeling like, well, do you know what? Actually, I did avoid all of those things that I said I didn't want other than the initial induction. Did you feel that way or what were your feelings immediately? I, I still felt really angry and annoyed about it. I yeah. didn't
0: really see any positivity. And even down to there was this, this moment where they flicked up these handles on the, on the bed for you to hold on to when you're pushing I just thought such a hospital thing to do Mm. and yeah I think it was a few minutes of of pushing but because I was on my back I ended up with a second degree tear and Mm. they were coaching me to push which I didn't need they were just Mm. doing it automatically so I was pushing between contractions so I ended up with a grade two prolapse which was it felt life-changing for months afterwards I thought I was you know never going to lead a normal life again it was awful but even when oscar was born he didn't cry there's nothing wrong with him he was just so chilled out i was just like this is why you haven't been kicking just you're just lazy really relaxed <laughs> yeah and um, i remember louis saying shouldn't he be crying and he was he was just on my chest just Breathing away. Just yeah. And
1: he was not crying because he was fine, not, not crying because he wasn't fine. Yeah. It, the worst bit was the stitching up. Okay. And did you have any additional pain relief for that when they were doing yeah, that? Yeah, I had some
0: local and also the gas and air. Yeah. The, the gas and air was making quite
1: high, so I always had to make sure that it didn't drop, dropped the baby. Yeah, yeah. How long were you in hospital then after having him? Oh, well...
0: When we had, you no, know, they, they come around and they do the initial baby checks, don't they? They thought he might have a heart murmur. So then I couldn't go. I had to stay for a consultant to come down and check. So I was in there. Well, they discharged me about midnight. Okay. I'd had him six, seven-ish in the morning. So I was in there a long time. But because there was no room for me on the ward. I ended up going down to the birth centre. So I had the big, you know, double beds. It wow. had all the nice lights. And I thought, oh, this is quite nice. But there was this moment when I was there and I said, someone needs to come and, and check him now because I want to go home. Yeah. And I said, you know, this is, this is I'm going to discharge myself. This isn't prison. I can go whenever I want. And she just said, well, we'll see. And I was, I was really cross because I knew if I'd have had a home birth and they'd have heard a heart murmur, it would have been a follow-up check unless something was seriously wrong mm-hmm. because they'd said no that's how they do it so I knew that it could be done differently but they just didn't want to
1: yeah and there's yeah. that question of why like why can't I go home and somebody comes and checks tomorrow or yeah whatever it is yeah yeah, you know, it's really frustrating when it's sort of more about convenience isn't it for yeah yeah yeah
0: and um, vividly remember the midwife saying she should have finished two hours ago when she was stitching me up and I was thinking uh, i think bad for you but come on don't worry guys
1: <laughs> sort of not my problem
0: <laughs> yeah I thought like, oh sorry for keeping you then
1: yeah on this once in a lifetime day for me <laughs> yeah
0: Lewis was only supposed to stay for I think two hours but he ended up staying for four because they okay. They just forgot about us. They didn't even realise we were there.
1: Well, it's one silver lining, I suppose.
0: Yeah. And I, I had to buzz in the end because suddenly after I had him, my legs just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But there was no blood. Flow. It was just all this fluid. It had just gone straight to my legs. It was bizarre. And I didn't well, know that.
1: Yeah, no. That must have been like, what is going on here?
0: Yeah. Like, oh, no. Oh, something's gone wrong. They just
1: come and they put those stockings on you, but
0: I refuse to wear it. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs>
1: those stockings, yeah.
0: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet.
1: Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere
0: tonight at a new time, 10 9 Central on ABC and stream on Hulu.
1: When you were eventually discharged, I assume he didn't have anything wrong with his heart. No. Um,
0: He was in there for about 30 seconds,
1: took one listener, went, no, it's fine. After all that, Mm. after a little bit of time, you know, after the you'd settled into life with with this mm. tiny new baby. How were you feeling and how did you then feel about the birth experience that you'd had? Did you see it as something that you could find positive stuff in or did you feel it was way more complicated than that?
0: No, I just, I mean, I don't feel like it was, I mean, it was traumatic, but I'm not traumatised by it. Do do still feel angry about it and I always will because mm. you can't get that moment back a lot of that was sort of physical symptoms related because the prolapse as well breastfeeding had not gone well at all okay. and I'd had help from so many people and it was no matter what I did it was just painful and I yeah you, you know you're not sleeping are you either the pandemic going on
1: Yeah, a lot of factors will contribute to to feeling low after having a baby, but throw in a flipping pandemic where you don't actually get to see human beings, and I just don't know how anybody did it.
0: Because it was so new, it was that fear of you know
1: what if the baby gets it, what do we do? Yeah, so tiny, loves are so tiny. Yeah, and what if what if you get it as well? Because then it's like, well, do I need to be away from my baby if I you know there's all that concern over do we separate parents from their children if. Yeah, it it was a whole whole unknown thing. And at what point did you either know yourself or get diagnosed with a prolapse?
0: I knew within, I think, a matter of days. Okay. And it was quite, I found it really debilitating. Mm. I say, although it's only a grade two, initially Mm. all the symptoms were quite bad for prolapses. But at two weeks postpartum, I... Try to walk down the road with you know Lewis and Oscar in the pram and I was like I, I can't do it something mm. will fall out of me mm. um but yeah I made it I made it back up there and it was that constant heaviness the dragging feeling yeah and it was confirmed during I had a mummy MOT
1: okay on
0: uh, this health physio and she said yeah you've got a got a great change and is know. that
1: something that was was through the nhs or did you go and seek I that out yourself? Private. okay yeah even at my six-week check when i said
0: i, I know i've got a, got a prolapse and i've had that confirmed as well they said well you're really early postnatal so you won't do anything and i mean i, I never got a referral on that it's a really long time and you're feeling it every day and if you can't walk down the street i hmm. couldn't even newborns need to be rocked to sleep don't they
1: most like of the time
0: man, um, yep I couldn't do any of that so Lewis did it all and they had such a good bond mm. I would just fall asleep on him in a way that he wouldn't do for me
1: mm. and, and that's, I think that's that was hard like, isn't
0: that it initial period of when I just couldn't she couldn't hold him and I would have to lay on my side for a lot of the time as well especially with the tear but it was just impossible and mm. I thought this is, I've got no quality of life mm. Um, But it it did get better.
1: Was there like a treatment plan you had or was it just a case of doing your own kind of pelvic floor work or did it just resolve on its own? What happened?
0: It was um, pelvic floor work and also it's your core as well that that needs to be quite strong. I think hormones as well. It's very hormone related. So when I got my periods back, it was always worse then. So the hormonal changes, everything relaxes. I didn't know that before, and it—I would still have symptoms months, months on if I, you know, stood too long, if I walked too much, or mm-hmm. if I lifted something too heavy. You know, I, I couldn't stand and cook the dinner for weeks afterwards. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, Lewis was just carrying us throughout the whole time, and it was lucky that he was at home, working from home during the pandemic, because otherwise it would have been two weeks, and i would have, have been.
1: Yeah, you couldn't have done that. Yeah. No. Yeah.
0: But weirdly, I had some symptoms um, when I was pregnant again, the third pregnancy with Elliot. And after I had him, I've had nothing. It's just magically gone away.
1: That's amazing. I know. Things... I imagine sort of started to feel a bit better mentally as well. I mean, the pandemic started to ease up a little bit, although I can only imagine how hard that first kind of year was. I was
0: on medication within in less than two weeks after I had him. Put me on sertraline, antidepressant. Okay, yeah, and then they increased that after a while as
1: well. Yeah, and did you find that was a help?
0: Yeah, uh, they they offered all the the usual stuff, you know, like talking therapies, and they put me under the perinatal mental health team and they did an assessment and they said you know you're you're fine to come into your regular GP um but I mean it none of the other stuff seemed to really be any of any significance you know what was I going to talk about my lack of sleep and life with a newborn but I I actually found the medication really
1: helpful and I'm
0: on it again now Mm. and
1: yeah I've it's something I actually with hindsight it's something i sort of wish maybe i had looked into a bit because i had quite a lot of anxiety and yeah. i found that i couldn't like i couldn't sleep when my baby was like anywhere near me it was like too nerve wracking and i just felt really anxious all the time and you yeah. just kind of think oh maybe that's how everyone feels and actually i don't think that i think it was a bit more than that you know so yeah. i think it's really good when people talk about the fact that we can just say Do you know what no that's not that's not acceptable level of life quality for me i'm gonna go and do something about that so yeah i'm really glad that that's helped you yeah yeah so at what point did you start thinking about having another baby
0: i think so the was about a year i think i um, just wanted them quite close in age yeah i'm i'm an only child and i i always wanted a sibling lewis has got a sister who's just 13 months younger wow I know I know I've said this to his mum so many times (laughs) how how are you like three four months postnatal and pregnant again we started you know trying but not properly trying and it was when we started properly trying that I got pregnant again that that same month and Mm. then at six weeks I started bleeding so I phoned our early pregnancy unit they said I will if the bleeding gets heavier and it turns into a almost like a period phone back. So the next day I woke up, and was like this is like a period now. So I phoned them up and they said, Oh, maybe it's just cause you just got up. And I thought, is, when, what time should I start bleeding that makes it appropriate for you? Yeah. So I ended up going to another trust and they booked me in for a scan the next day. So I had to drive about an hour away to that hospital. And then I had weekly scans for three weeks. First scan, I was sure I, I passed it, passed the yeah. tissue when I went to the toilet and it was just an empty sack. But then when we went back the following week, there was something in it. So I burst into tears thinking this is amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: But there was, I wasn't as far along as I should have been. There was no heartbeat. Because by then you're getting to sort of, it started at six weeks, then you seven, seven, eight, mm. nine weeks. No heartbeat still. So, and they started talking about the miscarriage in near the reception area in the corridor. And I just thought, you know what? If they're both, both of these trusts are going to be crap. I'll just go to the one that's nearer to me. Yeah, I got the print off all my notes. I went to the one that's nearer to me. I had my final scan about nine weeks, and they said, no, there's still, there's still no heartbeat there's been no growth and they said it's really gone on a bit too long now so they booked me in for an mva
1: okay can you tell us a bit about what that is okay. you don't need to remember what it stands for <laughs> i don't
0: know <laughs> so they, they essentially wanted to take it out of me manually um they offered tablets so that yeah. i could to go home and and do it that way and it was okay actually or the mva and i I really wanted it under a general anaesthetic, but it was a two-week wait. So I agreed to go in the next day and have it under a local with gas and air. Gosh, I've not, I've um, not heard of that before. But I just thought, you know, it's, it's gone on for so long, I cannot carry this anymore, you know, physically as well as mentally. It, I just, I know, I, want, I wanted it done. Mm. And so I, I went in there, and they they also give you a presser as well so it's like when I went in for my induction and yeah, yeah just it's I found it so much more painful than labor because where these fringe and they grip it and then pull and then mm-hmm. and then pull mm-hmm. and every time they do that it's a contraction mm-hmm. so you don't get the breaks in between that you would in a labor and it, it was excruciating and I had all the gas in air as well and you're there with the speculum in you and it's, it's utterly horrible and I just felt like the blood bore from me she did that my mm. first words were, well, I, I want it back and I said yeah oh sorry to Lewis and I think I was high as a kite on the gas and air mm. but yeah that was truly awful truly awful
1: yeah I can't believe that that's allowed to be done while you're awake um. Yeah, that that's something that I just think nobody should ever have to have any memories of.
0: And and we want a ward with, with other people as well. Yeah. And um, I I heard one of the, the nurses say to the woman opposite, I caught the tail end of the conversation. She said, oh, so you're not here because you want to be here then? She said, no. And it wasn't until I, I looked it up afterwards, I was thinking, they've put me here with people that are having terminations as mm-hmm. well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm here carrying my baby.
1: Yeah. And
0: I'm I'm very pro-choice, but it just felt a bit cruel at that point. Yeah.
1: And there were probably people in the waiting room probably waiting for a scan, or you know, it's like all so so together, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's it should not be, basically. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so they they said. You, because I wanted to know when I could try again immediately. Mm. And I said you need to wait after this bleeding stops to get a full period back because of the the pressure we refused to soften the cervix. Okay. So to maintain a pregnancy, we need you to wait. And, and then I did, and then I immediately got pregnant again.
1: Wow.
0: And we ended up with Elliot.
1: God, that's some like big emotions though, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. I. Also, can testify to how traumatic something like that is Um, and it takes a really long time to kind of get back to where you were in your headspace before that happened if you ever can yeah uh yeah so falling pregnant again straight away was that in a way even though you were trying was it sort of a bit of a shock or
0: yeah it's it was just strange that it was so easy Mm. again um but yeah really really happy and yeah. each time I'd fallen pregnant three times I'd known because I got the cramping so I, all my tests were ended up being you know, five days before my period was due wow when I was doing the early ones so because I'd been on the pool for so long I had no idea what I would feel like normally so I could I get I'd get pain one side when I was ovulating but when I'd go in for early scans they'd say oh so did you know which side then and it would be yeah the same side each time yeah. mad I'd, I just had no idea that you would be able to feel that because
1: it's been like a decade how was your pregnancy um this time did you did you feel any different to your pregnancy that ended in loss or I felt I felt quite worried in the initial stages mm. yeah
0: I think it sounds weird but because you've had a baby already you don't think it'll ever happen to you. You just don't think you're going to be that person that loses a baby. And that's what it felt like to me I was a baby. You know it it wasn't oh it was just a collection of cells or it wasn't meant to be it was no
1: that was my baby. Yeah. So that that was difficult. Yeah. Were you quite straightforward again everything was okay um or did yeah. you yeah
0: had different medication this time for the nausea. Okay. Um and it was stuff that really was so drowsy. It, it was used for travel sickness uh, a lot. and also people that have sleeping problems. They prescribe it to them as well. And because I was looking after Oscar, that was hard because you're tired anyway, and your medication's making you more tired.
1: And you've got you an, know, an you active child.
0: Pregnant. And yeah.
1: Yeah, that's hard. And when you were thinking ahead to the birth that you wanted this time, um, (laughs) what were your plans? And I imagine that you were thinking about that quite early on, given that you had had the experience that you'd had. What were your thoughts this time and what were your plans and how did you make those with your partner?
0: I was adamant that I would have home birth.
1: Okay, so you were like team home birth after.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was still very much team home birth. So we got the pool again, hoping to use it. and. Luckily I had the same midwife uh, community midwife I had with Oscar. Yeah. She knew us. she'd been to our house before to do the home assessment and I saw her for every appointment. So that was really nice. She looked after me for both. Lovely. Both as sort
1: of the the time got closer, how were you feeling in those last few days? And how were your movements? Did you have any issues with that again in this pregnancy? Feeling like concerned you couldn't feel movement? I went in twice
0: okay. and I, I don't know if it's just me I think once you get to a certain point in pregnancy and it's gone so well you just think mm, something's gonna go wrong and you start doubting yourself mm-hmm. so I went in on it was Oscar's second birthday so the 30th of May that was the second time I went in everything was fine hooked me up obviously started kicking right away as soon as she strapped in and they said oh because it's the second time we needed to see someone I said uh i'm really not going to do that She said oh can I? can you just let me let me go and talk to him and i heard her go outside and she said oh can you come in soon otherwise my lady's going to discharge herself and i still had a, a wait and i was going to go but I was like, I know, I knew this midwife was gonna get it in the neck if I if I went from a yeah. doctor and I thought, she's been really nice to me. I'll I'll just stick it out. And I'd heard this doctor go down the ward saying so have we booked in rooms like two, four, and five for their inductions then. And she turned around and went, one of these women's only 20 weeks. Because there was no there was no care in it whatsoever. There was nothing. It was just, if you're there for an assessment, induction, induction, induction. You know, he didn't even know that... She wasn't even termed. She was halfway through a pregnancy. And yeah, he had that, no thought into it.
1: So generic, um, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So uh, as soon as he walked in the room, uh, I switched off. And he said, so you're, you're not low risk anymore. I said, you're high risk. Why? Wollocks. I'm not. And he said, so because you're 38 almost 39 weeks now he said we recommend you come for an induction I said no he said why so I had to give him you know the whole spiel about how I know what my rights are the risks of induction and I said you know last time it hadn't gone well at all And I said wait no I'm having a home birth and he said so so what do I do then And I said what do you mean he said so what do I do I said well nothing the doctor. You, you need to know what you're doing yourself I said you don't need to do anything that's what you can do I said I'm gonna go home <laughs> I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna see my little boy on his birthday
1: yeah I'd
0: really rather you had an induction I said well I'm going home now and I just went
1: just went wow good for you though yeah I think p- people find that really difficult that confrontation to and the pressure to yeah. just say yes When there's not really any medical, there was no medical indication there for you to have an induction whatsoever. None. Mm. It actually goes against all the guidelines.
0: High risk. And I thought, bollocks, am I high risk? No, you
1: are. No, but did they give you a reason?
0: Just because I'd had two episodes of reduced movement.
1: Which had later been confirmed to be not reduced movement because it was fine.
0: Yeah. And, you know, they're you know they're so concerned but they couldn't possibly give me a scan
1: mm, okay you yeah. i
0: remember going in sometimes with oscar having the induction talks initially and declining and because it was a weekend they couldn't scan you i said so you're so concerned for my baby's well-being that you want to induce me but you don't want to give me a scan because
1: mm. It does feel a bit like that. It's like, okay, you're so worried about me that I need to have an induction, but also there's no beds available and the induction's going, I'm going to have to wait for five days for the induction. You know, it's like, come on. Anyway, so good for you. You went home. And so did you wait for labour to begin naturally then and and did it?
0: Yes. And I for some reason, I just never thought it would. (laughs) going into labour naturally. Mm. But I had a feeling that he would be, Smaller than Oscar. And I just thought he's going to be early. He's going to be early. Right. And my midwife had texted me a few days before saying she would be away at a wedding because she'd given me her number to phone her when I went into labour and she would come out to me because we had, we had a really good relationship. And it was the Sunday evening she, she got home and then I went into labour at 3am on the Monday so she'd been back just a few hours before I went in <laughs> into labour, and I woke up at three in the morning with pain. I thought, oh, "Shit, is that it? Is this what is this what it's like when it just starts?"
1: Yeah,
0: and it was nowhere near as intense as it had been with the induction.
1: Yeah, I'm it, always oh, it interested to hear that. that. Okay, so you yeah. felt like you had more of a gradual build-up.
0: Yeah, it was okay. it was definitely gradual. Yeah, I went I went downstairs. And I, I'd read about, you know, if you, you hold the comb and you squeeze it, it's the, the pressure points in your hand that's yeah. supposed to ease, ease the contractions. I'm not sure if that worked, but I was not letting go of that comb. And I tried, tried to get in the bath, um, but it, it wasn't big enough or deep enough. Mm. And I, I phoned the midwife after about an hour. And I said, oh, I think I'm in labour. She said, "How how many weeks?" She said, "I'm, I'm thirty nine. I'm bang on thirty nine weeks." And she was with me in about five minutes because she knew. Wow. I was in the bath when she got here, and she just gave her car keys to Lewis and said, "Get everything out of my bag." <laughs> and because um, she knew how quick Oscar had been, and I'd already been having contractions for an hour, and she got me out of the bath and went downstairs. And I said, "Can I?" Need, I need the gas and she said I didn't bring the gas because you were moving on the phone
1: oh my gosh so there's no gas and air.
0: <laughs> no gas she <gasps> said I, I had to make a really quick decision about whether I would go to the hospital collect the gas and be longer to get to you or whether I should just get to mm. you and she said I thought I would just get to you first and she phoned the second midwife on her on way to me and she phoned the hospital to let them know so the other midwife was going to get the gas.
1: Got you. Yeah. So it was an hour and a half after she got here that I that he was born. Wow, that is quick. And what and only you'd only rung her after an hour. I think an hour, hour and a half. I think it was something like a three hour
0: labour. So I got three puffs of gas and air when I was pushing <laughs> <That> was it. <laughs> the pool, Lewis had filled it up and the midwife said, Oh honestly, I've never felt water so hot. But oh, I couldn't no. get in it. And just as it got to the right temperature, I was pushing. I just yeah, missed it. it.
1: <laughs> Did you get in afterwards just
0: for a go? No, but I managed <laughs> to splatter the side of it a little bit just to get some use out of it. It was such a different experience.
1: And was your oldest child at home at the time?
0: Yeah, initially, when it all started, he was. Yeah. Yeah. And because I was adamant that I didn't want him being taking away and going to his nans while I was in labour. And then I was in Labour and I was no mum now, phony mum now. <laughs> Pick him up. Yeah. Um, but they obviously didn't get time to go anywhere. So they were downstairs when the baby was born. Wow. But I was on, I was on my knees this time, leaning over the sofa. Mm-hmm. And when when he arrived, she said, Do you want me to examine you? Because initially I'd said no. But because I knew her, I, I changed my mind. I said, yeah, I want to I know. And I was about six, six centimetres. So it was from six to birth in an hour and a half. Wow. And yeah, it, he. it felt very different when he was born. I always find the pushing part the easiest. Because to me, it's the contractions that hurt. It's not the pushing. It just seems to go completely numb. Everyone I yeah. told me about this really fire and I didn't get that, it's just numb. But yeah. with, with Oscar, his head, I suddenly just got that as it dropped. But anyhow, it was contraction, 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 pushing. And I remember because my midwife had been sat next to me holding my hand through the contraction. Lewis was running around, feeling like the ball. The other midwife was getting some bits ready. And I just remember suddenly pushing and my midwife wasn't there anymore. She I'd just seen her drop everything and go go round round the back of me. And then when I was pushing, there was a moment when they both started like shouting at me to just pan and not push. I was like,
1: I can't. Okay.
0: And I said, use just use the gas that so, because was a lovely two puffs that I'd had before. And previously I'd I'd been quite, you know anti that don't push go against what your body's trying to do but actually they stopped me having a really bad tear Mm. and as with Oscar I'd had the secondary tear with Eddie I just had a little tear that didn't need any stitches
1: yeah that's amazing so So it was just that it was just that slight controlled moment where you didn't go gung-ho and push him out Mm -hmm. like crazy okay because
0: it's that bit it doesn't hurt, but it's uncomfortable because it's, it's something is stuck in you. And every you know, fibre of your being, you start. Like, I need to get this out. Get out. Yeah. And he he was completely different at birth. He was nearly a pound smaller, but then he was born up a my weight. Mm. And I maxed out on my caffeine daily as well, up to 200 mils. Okay. And I'd done that every day, whereas I had it with Oscar. So I suddenly got really into coffee when I was pregnant. Um... So, I know that can contribute to earlier birth and oh. lighter baby. He was six pounds 13. Six, 13. That's still pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Monkey size. I was still seven, seven. Yeah. Uh, and he was born screaming.
1: I was going to say, was he
0: as chilled as your first baby? No, he was not. He was not really born
1: screaming there must have been quite an amazing moment when there's all these people in your house that like planned to leave but didn't get time and then they must have just heard a baby crying yeah that must have been so cool They would have
0: heard my guttural moaning from from downstairs but yeah and it was just it was it was completely different yeah completely different and you know they my midwife helped me have a shower afterwards i didn't shower for days after i had oscar because i didn't get home until the midnight after yeah no one was going to shower in the hospital she showered me you know put me in my pajamas tucked me up in bed after
1: that's so lovely what a different vibe to having to stay and wait for some somebody to say yo baby's fine like 12 hours later
0: so i'm recess negative so i always have to have the injection so oscar was positive so i had to have it with him um but Elliot is negative like me so fortunately I didn't have to go into hospital to have the injection because oh, that's says, good amazing in this area they don't they don't do it at home
1: okay
0: and I'd done I'd done things a lot differently around, so I kept the placenta to eat or anything I just thought I want to I want to keep all of it yeah so
1: it's still in my freezer and yeah. I, I'll just bury it
0: I think there's a surprising amount
1: of uh, surprising amount of placentas in people's freezers I think it's cool and then you can decide what you want to do with it like you say you can bury it you can do whatever you like that's it yeah
0: and the other midwife even asked me if I wanted to keep the little bit from the gas and air that I've been sucking on. I can yeah. do that and I thought, no that's all right it was just a thought I was like wow that's really nice and with Elliot, I didn't have the injection for the placenta i'd wanted to do that naturally mm-hmm. and that that came in a few minutes actually that was really quick
1: yeah and
0: i he didn't have vitamin k injection so i did the drops instead so it's weird Oscar. they lost his cord blood so mm-hmm. he had to have um blood taken from him as well as the vitamin k injection and then obviously that's... after that he went into his test so he had three needles in a very short space of time yeah that's in. sad that cry it it broke my heart so
1: I didn't do that but I mean I imagine you're you're in your own space you're in your own zone you've just had this like incredible full natural labor and birth the amount of like the hormones and the vibe in that room must have just been so much better in order for that natural passing of the placenta I think that's why it takes so long and why um the injection is just so common in in, in hospital and even in birth centers because I think you really need to feel like super chill in your own space for that to come naturally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's amazing that it came so quickly. And how did you feel after? Um, obviously, you were in your own house and I imagine tucked up in your own bed and being like, "What just happened to me?" Um, yeah, that was pretty quick.
0: That <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty much it. They made me for a couple of hours. But she yeah. she phoned me um, later on that day to check how I was. and Obviously, mm. had a midwife come out. Uh, yeah, I was just I was in bed for the whole day. Baby did that thing that they do where they sleep all day and suddenly wake up at night. Yeah. Um. Cool. And it was it was yeah super chilled. Yeah. And
1: was super your cool. we you, was your oldest boy able to come and meet his brother quite quickly?
0: He did. Yeah. He came up after he was born. Yeah. And he. I think he was a bit, there was a lot of people in the house. He was quite shy, so he was a bit wary of that. And then I started getting the after pains, So I was on the gas for that, and I was quite audibly in pain, which worried him.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and then he went, he went to Nanny's house. But yeah, he got to see so his baby. But those after pains with the second are just horrific. You're yeah, I, like ha- I have, have
1: heard about this, and
0: it's, um, yeah.
1: it's amazing. you know
0: said to me with her she said I honestly thought they'd, they'd left one in me <laughs> <laughs>
1: and was this and was this after you had passed your placenta yeah. yeah yeah amazing and how long did that last for the after pains days yeah days. And just gradually tapered off did it yeah yeah yeah
0: because yeah. um, again breastfeeding was a real struggle mm. you know the first two days seemed to be fine and then it, it got really bad in the pain and i Gone to, I don't know how you say it, the Lech League or the Le yeah, Lech, yeah, Lech League. and they they tried to help me as well, um but then after the the pain just came back, and I I remember one of the the midwifery care assistants coming out, and she said to me, "Do you want to breastfeed?" And I no one had really asked me that. Like the way she said it was, "Do you want to breastfeed?" And I sort mm. of said, "I want to want to breastfeed, yeah, <laughs> but." I find it a lot, you know, you've been pregnant for nine months, you've given birth, you've got a new baby, mm. and they can be an hour feeding on one side and 45 minutes on the other, and then fall asleep and I wouldn't be able to get them off, and it was just agony. And I, I didn't like that feeling of, you know, I found it really suffocating, Him mm. being on me all the time, physically attached to me. Holding him was fine, but I just didn't enjoy it.
1: Mm.
0: Didn't enjoy breastfeeding.
1: At all, I just really wanted to. (laughs) I think it's sometimes somebody asks you a really simple question like that, and you think no one's asked me that before, and then it actually makes you think about what you actually do want. Yeah, and you're like, oh. And sometimes you know, not just with breastfeeding, but with anything, you know, big things in life that you sort of are expected, and you, and then you just go, oh, actually, you know, why am I doing this? What are my reasons behind doing this? And. Yes. Is someone sort of almost giving you permission to think about that and let you decide? And that's it, yeah. And I said,
0: you know, I wanted it for the bonding. I said, because even now, Oscar is so much closer to Lewis because of that initial initial period that I I believe contributed to it. Mm. Even down to I didn't use the drop down bit on the next to me crib with Oscar because where it was so bad healing, I couldn't slide down the bed to get off it with the crib next to me so it yeah. was zipped up and he was at the end end of the bed whereas Elliot's four and a half months and he he's still sleeping in that that crib and he drops an arm out next to me in the night so I have to shimmy over yeah and um, yeah it's completely different and I was and she was like that's not breastfeeding hasn't won't won't do that you know your baby will still love you breastfeeding or not it's yeah. just you know it's just some circumstances if you, i don't feel like you want to breastfeed and i was just sort of waiting for someone to tell me that whereas when i when i stopped with oscar afterwards the gp and the health visit said to me oh, i think you've made the right decision for your family but they wouldn't ever say that before
1: because they have right. to promote
0: breastfeeding so yeah. much yeah
1: it's like that that maternity care assistant sort of met you halfway they weren't sort of saying after the fact that you've decided to stop saying oh well you know that's really good for you and your family and your mental health yeah. and she also wasn't saying like telling you to do that she just met you halfway and was like yeah and, and allowed you to to be one way or the other and just totally non-judgmental about it Yeah, I think that's really important I'm glad that you got somebody who was yeah able to let you be, to able to be impartial and let you make the right decision rather than pushing one or the other' it was yeah. it was easier
0: to stop this time around mm. but with Oscar I would go to the baby groups afterwards and I would see people breastfeeding and it would j- just make me feel so guilty mm. even two years on I just
1: I' hated myself for it it's it is definitely hard, I think especially when you go to groups and things to feel like you are you're not doing the same thing as other people and they don't know you but they don't know your your reasons or your experiences but yeah, yeah. i think it's uh, it's a minefield
0: on instagram of someone uh with a 6 month old baby in their little milk bath celebrating their 6 months exclusive breastfeeding i just
1: yeah like good for you but
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, no, I know, I know.
0: It's, it's I'm, I'm really hard. It's just easier, I found, bottle feeding. It takes less time. And in the night, you're not having to do it all whilst you know, your eyes bore into your snoring partner next to you.
1: It is a lot of responsibility. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard either way. But, yeah, it's a lot of responsibility to, to feel like it's all on you, isn't it? Yeah.
0: And mm. I, I, got, I was low again with Elliot, but I didn't have that guilt and also the physical pain of trying to Mm. breastfeed because I just
1: nipped it in the bud well it's like you just you'd almost like forgiven yourself and said that that's okay that's my decision
0: and it's it's a learning process isn't it breastfeeding
1: totally it is not not something that is just we just know how to do it I mean for some people that might be how it happens but yeah it's like it's like anything in life you you learn it and some people you know are going to find it one way and other people are going to find it another way so well, thank you very much for sharing both your stories. It sounds to me like, you know, given what you knew about how quick your labour was going to be, that actually that yeah. home birth was absolutely the right experience for you. Is there mm. any is there like anything that you would have done differently, do you think? Other than getting the pool uh, quicker? <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, that would have been it. I would have got in the pool quicker. No, I don't. I don't think there is. I'm I'm
1: really happy with, with how Elliot's birth went. Something that I try and ask everyone at the end of our chat is just if you were going to give a piece of a piece of advice to anyone who's expecting a baby at the moment. um, What was something that was maybe really useful for you or just a bit of advice, a bit of knowledge to be armed with something that you would pass on to somebody who's expecting?
0: I would say make sure you're fully informed of your your rights and what you want because I think uh, a lot of women experience some coercion
1: mm-hmm. when it
0: comes to pregnancy and birth. And the second time around, I was a bit more resilient you know, when they tried to offer me an induction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, first time around, that was the, the right decision for me to make, I think. But it would just be, be as informed as you can. You know, hypnobirthing was amazing for that. It teaches you the pros and the cons. You know, you use that, the brain... You know the benefits and the risks. Mm -hmm. It's just weigh everything up and really make sure you've got, you know, your partner or your little team around you who also know what you want. Yeah, that's really important. Professionals know what they're doing, but they don't always have your best interests at heart.
1: Yeah, and it's really hard to see every single person as an individual when you're working day in day out with you know hundreds of people. So you have to kind of see yourself as the individual, and then advocate for what those things you need are and
0: your first baby might not be the whole 12 to 24 hours so if one tells you it might be
1: yeah exactly it can <laughs> definitely be quicker than that for sure <laughs> oh thank you so much Catherine it's been such such pleasure to hear both your different stories but um definitely both had quite a lot of words of wisdom in there for anybody who's expecting a baby so thank you very much I really appreciate it
0: well yeah, it's been fun it's been brilliant
1: Thank you, Catherine, again for sharing your two birth stories and also, in particular, your experience of pregnancy loss. There is always a small part of me that's a little bit unsure about whether it's okay to air these kind of things. But actually, I think it is so incredibly important that people are aware of what actually has to happen when you have a pregnancy loss. I think it just makes us better able to empathise and support the people that we love. So thank you for being so open and honest with me today. I know that that was really valuable information for everyone. And um, yeah, we just thank you so much for sharing that. That is all for this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do share it with a friend you can rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you're using and you can subscribe or follow to keep up to date with future episodes if you found the work that i do valuable in any way you can buy me a coffee using the link in my instagram bio this just helps feel the passion when i'm editing late into the night (laughs) and lastly you can connect with me via social media so i am at realbirth podcast and that is on facebook and i'm also at realbirth podcast on instagram Thanks very much guys, I will see you all next week with another amazing birth story.